Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. Well, somebody give the Lord a great big hand. Praise. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. Praise God. Grab your Bibles this morning, just stay in your seat. I'm not going to ask you to stand today, uh, just kind of preaching in a different form and fashion there, so just grab your Bibles, stay in your seat. I'm going to deal with a subject this morning called Discovering Your Purpose. Amen. I also want to go ahead and uh, announce before we get into this this morning that uh, uh, tomorrow night for all you men... All you men came and visited me a couple of weeks ago at my house, and uh, some of you weren't able to make it. Uh, you, if, you, if you can make it this time, we want you to come. I'm going to be presenting a plan that God has given me for the men of this church. Um, that we, We've been praying now for two weeks about direction concerning this, so tomorrow night at 7.30. I know that's kind of late, but ball season's here. And these little ones have got practice and games, and you parents are busy every night of the week. So there's a game tomorrow night, and my grandchild's play, children play. So I'll be at a game until 7. So anyway, after that, for all you men that were there and some of you who didn't get to make it, if you want to come and be a part to hear what God is saying, uh, amen. I want to encourage you on the note that ball season has opened. I got a lot of coaches in here, a lot of coaches in here, got a lot of coaches coaching. I want you to make sure that you don't forget you represent God. I was going to say life church, but that ain't nothing. Amen. And if I'm just going to tell you, and for you parents and grandparents are sitting in the stands thinking you're the umpire. Huh? <laughs> Amen. We represent God and we represent Life Church. So I just want you to know right now if you get kicked out of the ball game, I'm kicking you out of church. Amen. What? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's called excommunication. So if you get excommunicated out of a ball game, then you're going to get excommunicated out of church. Wouldn't that be a riot? Amen. Let's up. My wife's giving me a weird look, so I better leave that alone. Amen. Let's represent this year, parents. Let's represent coaches. Let's represent. Let's represent. Tell your neighbor, represent. Amen. Coach, uh, Trust me, I'm, I'm glad you got a heart to coach, but coaching on your level, what you teach them or don't, probably is not going to mean the Heisman Trophy. I'm just saying. Amen? <laughs> Shake your neighbor and tell them, discovering your purpose. You got to discover your purpose. Amen. You got to know what you're here for. Amen. You got to know what you're supposed to be doing. Amen. And, and uh, you know, me and Josh didn't plan this, but uh, it just happened to where we've actually been preaching a series. Uh, he started off with uh, your goal and your race 
For you that were here, if not, it's on by podcast. It's on podcast yet. Phenomenal messages of you finding what your race is. We get confused and even distracted running somebody else's race. Doing what we're not supposed to be doing. Not a bad thing, and he taught it so well, I don't have to go back. Amen. But I need to know what I was created for. Are you with me this morning? I just need to know. I just need to know. You know, I know there's a generic, we're all called to bring glory to God, but, but I, I just need to know what my race is so I can get in my lane. Amen. I, I, I just like crowd participation when I preach. So reach over, shake your neighbor, and tell them, stay in your lane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jimbo Shaker, real good and tell her, stay, stay in your lane. You can be way more productive running one lane than trying to run 10 lanes. That's going to make you lose when you're really a winner and that creates frustration. It creates frustration, amen, because you know you were intended and designed to win and succeed. So the devil says, if I can't get you with complacency, I'll get you with zeal, and I'll get you running all kind of lanes, amen? And it leads to frustration. So today, I'm about to attack one of the greatest uh, humanly impossible tasks there is, and that's to help people define purpose, Now, before I even preach this, it's going to be tough, so I'm going to need you to pray for me simply because, amen, your true purpose, amen, that's inside of you, you've probably done tried, wrapped it up, said I can't do it, I'm not qualified, and you've pushed it so far from you, you wouldn't even recognize it if it's speaking to you. That's what I'm starting out on today, amen. Uh, so I'm going to need you to go with me by the Holy Spirit, amen, and let me find that little small, still voice that's way down inside of you that may have got crushed when you were a child. It may be being crushed by your own spouse. It may be being crushed by the people who are closest to you because they can't see that quality in you. Amen. So I'm going to need you, amen, to zero everyone else out this morning, and allow that voice to be revived in your spirit today because you will never walk in peace and joy until you're walking in your lane. You will never, I don't care how successful you are, how much money you make or don't, or, or, or how popular you are, there's always gonna be, you ever heard of that little inner void? In you until you step into your purpose. Are you ready? Grab your Bibles and open with me to the book of Romans, chapter number 8, verse number 28. Now, I'm going to uh, interrupt my own text with some, uh, uh, with some other stuff. So if you're in a Bible, does anybody use a Bible anymore? Raise your hand. Wow, I'm shocked. Some of you's got phones, but if you're in your Bible, stay in Romans. Nisha will do all the work this morning. Stay in Romans because that's where my text is. Romans chapter number eight, verse number 28. I think it's already been excited, but I want to reiterate because I'm excited about our Easter program this year. Amen. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we're going to try to pull off the full measure Passover meal on Thursday night. I'm talking about the lamb leg. I mean, we're going to try to. Right, Rosetta? (laughs) Please help me. We're going to try to, to where you see exactly what they sat down to that night, amen, and, and what it represents on Thursday night, Friday night. You done talked about it. So anyway, y'all plan to be a part of that. Let's take the journey. 
Have y'all found Romans 8 yet? I'm stalled as long as I can. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things, somebody's with me out there. All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called, to them who are the, underline that, highlight it in your Bible, mark it in your phone, called according to his purpose. Now, you got to know the reason I'm going to interrupt my text before I get through because you got to understand these words. You can't just read bio. The word called actually means to be invited. To, to the word called there says, you have been invited. It means to request the presence or the partici- uh, participation of. Your, your presence has been requested by God. What's so powerful about this, it has to do with permission and opportunity. An invitation screams permission. If you don't get the invitation, you can't come. Amen. You ever been left out? Why didn't I get an invitation? They didn't invite me. I get that a lot when I walk into church. Why didn't y'all invite me to that? Well, we announced it Sunday morning. You missed your invitation. So the calling, I need you to connect these two. The calling is an invitation. So it represents, God says, I'm giving you a permission to be a part of what I'm doing. You got permission. I don't care. I don't care what your neighbor says. I don't care what the devil says. I don't even care what your own flesh is saying. I have offered you, I have given you divine permission to be a part of what I'm doing. It also slash, if you're taking notes, put permission slash opportunity. You have just been an afforded, you have just been afforded an opportunity to step into purpose. You can't have this permission, you cannot have this opportunity without the invitation. No man, no man can just come. So if you're sitting out there and have not accepted Jesus as your Savior and you're thinking, you know what, when I get good and ready, I'm going to accept him, the devil is a lie. Because you can't even accept him if he don't offer the invitation. May, oh, oh, may I suggest to you, if you feel any inclination, you better grab that invitation. You better grab that invitation and run to the party. Because sooner or later, the door will be shut. Oh, God. Coming back, coming back. Come back, pastor. No man, John 6, 44. Did I give you that scripture? I wish I would have. John 6, 44 says, I, look at her, look at her. No man, somebody shout. No man, no man can come without an invitation. No man can come to me except the Father which sent me does what? The calling is a drawing. That's how you know. That's how you know there's a pull. There is a, the, the, there's a pull. Amen. Matter of fact, listen to this. Write this down. The invitation, the calling can always be identified by inner desire. I'm going to help you discover your purpose. 
the, the, the calling, the drawing, the, the opportunity, the permission, the, it can always be identified by inner desire. Desire, write this stuff down, man. I always thought I had a clicker on the screen. Desire will always be in harmony with your purpose. Desire, your inner desire will always be in harmony with your inner purpose. We gotta let this soak in. Look, 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 look at Philippians 2.13 on the screen. Now remember, I'm still in my text. Philippians 2.13 in Amplified. Not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you, energizing and creating in you the power and the, both to will and to work for his good pleasure, satisfaction and die. He says, so it's God that's always working in you, energizing, creating the desire, the desire, the desire. It's him that even gives you the desire. You can't work it up. If you're having to work it up, lay it down. If you're having to work it up, that's not your lane. It, it, oh God, oh God. The desire will always run parallel with the purpose. When you get an invitation to go to a wedding, it states the invitation always states the purpose. You don't just get an invitation amount. You're invited to come to blank. People think that's what Christianity is. That he just saved me without purpose, but the calling, oh, amen. The invitation would be useless and it would be frustrating because I don't know what I'm going to and I don't even know how to get there. Are you following me this morning? So the Calling the desire will always be in perfect harmony with the purpose. They will be synonymous with one another. The scripture said, back, I'm, thank you, Nisha, I'm back over in Romans, that you are called according to the purpose. Somebody say according. According, 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 according. That, that, that's where we get our word cord. Is that a cord? I should have talked to you musicians about this. Chord. A chord represents harmony, right? So he's saying here, your calling, your desire is always going to be in harmony and agreeable to the purpose. Way down deep inside of you, they're going to match one another. If they don't match, it's not your anointing. It's not your calling. Now, understand this is deep. This is deep because you're struggling with lack of desire in a lot of areas, but we're going to make it clear if you'll stay with me. Amen. He said, I've called you and I've invited you. In other words, I put a desire in you that is synonymous and uh, according to and parallel to what I created you to do. Amen. And the word purpose, if you're taking notes, comes from Latin, propono. Purpose is propono. Two words, propono. Pro means before. And pono means to set or establish. So purpose has to do with an established plan. Purpose has to do with intention, a set design. Purpose has to do with a, God, y'all gotta stay with me, a predetermined resolve in the mind of God. 
Your, your calling, your invitation, that desire that's in you is going to run parallel with the predetermined destiny that God created you for. I'm going to identify my purpose before I leave here today. So your calling slash invitation, your calling slash invitation will always be in perfect harmony with what you were destined to do. Look at this scripture. Ephesians chapter number two, verse number 10. Don't turn there. We're still in the text. She'll do it for you. Ephesians chapter number two, verse number 10 says, for we are his, come on students, talk to me. Workmanship, that word actually means masterpiece. It's the skillful craftsmanship of God. We are the masterpiece of God. Created in Jesus Christ to do what? To fulfill my destiny. Look, somebody, let's read it out loud, the rest of it. Ready? Which God hath before ordained. Before what? Before what? Before, before, not only before you were created, somebody over here said before the foundations of the world were created. Now, I know you don't understand that because he's God. Amen. You can't wrap your mind. So he didn't, he didn't allow you to be born and figure out what he's going to do with you. He knew he had the purpose before he had you. We'll say that over here. He had your purpose, young lady, before you was ever even thought of. He had your purpose before he said, let there be light. Golly, that's just too much for my little old pea brain. Uh, that's too big for me, amen. You, you, these, your destiny was ordained before the foundation of the world. So you are the masterpiece of God. Yeah, I'm talking to you. I ain't talking about your neighbor. I know you may feel like you're a mess right now, but I just come to tell you what God created. He created a masterpiece. You are fearfully and wonderfully made with a predetermined intention and a set design in the mind of God. God Almighty, I, I'm gonna get happy all by myself. Amen. You're in, so listen to me. In spite of your feelings right now, in spite of what, how the devil has, has just totally uh, uh, just muddied up the waters in your life, in spite of how situations and circumstances have beat you down to nothing, I come to tell you your entire makeup, amen, is in perfect harmony or agreement with God's purpose in your life. Yes, everything about you. Look, 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 let's make it clear. Uh, uh, give me. Oh, let me finish my text. Back to Romans eight twenty nine. For whom he, look at this. For whom he did what? How long has he been knowing you? That's right. When did he not know you? Whom he did foreknow, he did also predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, he said, so based on the information you just received, whom he predestinated, he also, what's called mean? <coughs> Them he also called. And whom he called, he justified. Whom he justified, he glorified. 
Wow, what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Look at Ephesians chapter number one, verse number 11. It's, it's important that I go through all these scriptures. She'll do it for you. It's because I'm preaching something that's really gonna be contrary to what you've been taught, I believe, or what you have uh, uh, accepted is true. Ephesians 1 11 and says, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated. If you're taking notes, predestinated means a, pre, a predetermined destiny. You have a predetermined destiny that was set and established by God. According, verse 11, according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will. You, have, you were predestined according to the purpose. Predestined according to the purpose. Verse 12, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Now, these scriptures that I just shared with you of which are many clearly and emphatically, listen to me, Establish the fact that you and I were created with divine intention in the mind of God. Can y'all buy into that with just these few scriptures? To the extent that your very existence is a product of your purpose. Your very existence is the proof there was a plan before you got here. That you're only here because there was a plan. You're only here because there was a purpose. Amen. God had a purpose and he said, I need you and I'm going to create you to be able to fulfill my purpose. You are simply the created expression of God's intention. I'm going to say that again before I read these scriptures. You are simply the created expression of God's intention. His plan. Can you receive that? Now go with me to some powerful scriptures in Psalms 139, 14. What I want you to understand before I read these scriptures is, this is the psalmist David talking from the womb, if you will. The Holy Spirit anointed him to give a revelation of what's going on in the womb when, the, when you were being created. He said, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works. Can I just help somebody right there? You need to quit talking so bad about what God created so good. That's a word for somebody. The devil has got you defaming and tearing down, not somebody else, you, about how no good you are, about how unworthy you are. Oh, God, who am I helping right now that you're not qualified? You don't have any potential. But David said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made and marvelous is thy works, oh, God. Oh, God, right now, somebody needs to just stop and pat yourself on the back. Oh, go ahead, do it. <laughs> I ain't that limber. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, amen. And you said, oh, you better watch out for pride. I ain't worried about pride this morning. I'm worried about uh, uh, self-defamation that's destroying the church, that I'm not no good, I'm not worthy, I'm a failure. God don't create junk. He said, you are fearfully and wonderfully, fearfully, listen to this, it actually means in a manner to impress admiration and astonishment. You was created to impress people. You know what I just heard? A preposterous laugh. 
Y'all know what a preposterous laugh is? Huh, yeah, right. See, that's what I'm up against today. Pray for me, baby. That's what I'm up against today. Amen? You've been so misused and abused by everything around you, you don't realize you was created to impress people. Not because of you, but you were created to be conformed into the image of Jesus, and they ought to be impressed. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. They ought to be impressed with the goodness in you. Amen. It's the other way around now. That's why I talked about ball games a while ago. Amen. People said at ball games that they ain't impressed. They're amazed that you can be so nasty on the ball field and so spiritual in church. I'm, I'm getting ready for ball season. Ain't I? Amen. Huh? Are you listening to me? He said, you are fearfully, you are created by God. Amen. For people to stand in admiration and astonishment. Fearfully, wonderfully, wonderfully means to be distinguishedly extraordinary. Amen. Not, all, not only are you awesome, you're, you're distinguishedly awesome. Did that come out right? Meaning you're awesome all by yourself. You're not an imitation. You're not somebody else. Amen. God didn't do a generic cookie cutter. He had a plan for you and he made you with your own distinguishable desires. Amen. Your problem is you're trying to fulfill everybody else's desires and it causes and it causes frustration because I can't measure up to your desires. Can I help somebody right now? You weren't designed to measure up to everybody else's desires. All I got to do is fulfill the desire that God put out in me. If you like me, you like me. If you don't, Bye. Oh, somebody needs to wave right now. Somebody needs to wave to unrealistic expectation. Shut up, oh, shut up. Somebody just says, bye, bye. You're, 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 you, you got desires other people ain't got, amen? And, and they're trying to put their desires on you. They're trying to make you jump through hoops you ain't supposed to be jumping through. Amen, you need to tell them, buddy, this ain't a dog and pony show. You jump if you want to jump. I got things to do, hey, hey, I got things to do for Jesus. I just set somebody free right there, amen? I just set somebody free. Oh my God. Amen. You mean I can just come to church and be me? Hallelujah. You are fearfully, wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works. Somebody say that with me. Marvelous are thy works. My God, slap yourself right here and say, my God, you've done a good job. My God, you've done some good work in me. Y'all can't even, see, I told you. Y'all been taught all this false humility. Amen. All right. Next verse. My substance was not hid from me. Remember, this is the baby in the womb. My substance was not hid from you when I was made in secret and curiously wrought. 
Somebody shout that. Curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth means in the womb. Curiously wrought means to fabricate or embroider with immaculate skill and perfect design. He said, God said he was in there putting me together in such perfection. I mean, he, he, I was being fabricated by God. I wasn't no accident. Amen. Oh, my God. I know I got y'all helping me a lot. But tell your neighbor, you ain't no accident. I don't care if you was, I don't care if you was conceived in the back kid, in the back. I don't care. I don't care if it all started in the back seat of your daddy's station wagon. Are you listening to me? Amen. My Bible says I was fashioned by God and he ordained it in spite of the circumstances. I'm the sperm cell that made it. I'm the one that made it and he put me together. My God. And I am so different from everybody else. God, amen. Nisha, get that word back there in the sound room. She's just worshiping back there, amen. Quit trying to be like everybody else. I'm so amazed at all these funny haircuts and and look around, see if all my praise team's here. Amen. And in their mind, they're trying their best to be rebellious and not be like everybody else and don't even realize they're just doing what everybody else is doing who don't know who they are. I don't know how to feel that coming from my youth. Uh, And I just threw out haircuts. I didn't mean Josh, I'm sorry. You understand what I'm saying though? I just want to be different. Oh, yeah? Well, there's so many. <laughs> Got my, pr- my, br- my britches are hanging down to here. I'm just being who I am. I just want to be different. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I just seen 10,000 more wanting to be different just like you. Huh? Why don't we pull our britches up, gird them up, and be who God called us to be? <laughs> Amen. To all my saggy brothers, I love you. Hey, his eyes saw my uh, my substance. He fabricated. Verse 16, your eyes saw my substance yet being unperfect. And in your book, all my members was written. This is what Josh has been preaching to us. All my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned when there was none of them. Oh, look what he goes into. How precious. That word precious means of great value or worth. How precious. How valuable are your thoughts towards me? You shouldn't think so low of something God thinks so highly of. I can't get away from that devil that's trying to destroy someone. And what makes them, what makes something valuable? Somebody shout it out. What makes something really valuable? Whoa! How rare it is means it's unique. There ain't many of them. It's one of a kind. So when he said, amen, how precious are their thoughts of me, he was saying, your thoughts about me are so valuable because they're about me and me alone and not everybody else. Isn't that good? I mean, he loves all of his children, but his thoughts for me are so valuable because they were directed directly to me and for me. 
How precious are thy thoughts unto me, O God. So he establishes how valuable God thinks of you. Amen. And then he establishes how much he thinks of you. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they're more in number than the sand. When I wake, I'm still with thee. So while you were being, these scriptures teach us that while you were being fearfully and wonderfully made, while you were being crafted by God, he was thinking, working, and designing. He was thinking, working, and designing. He was thinking, he was working, and he was designing. Amen. In that order, he was thinking, he was working, and he was designing. What he was thinking about was what he created, your purpose. So while he was thinking, he was thinking about his purpose in Rosetta Mercer. And so while he was forming you in your in your mama's innermost being, his hands was a reflection or a manifestation of what he was thinking. Amen. It wasn't just a boom, 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 boom. Wow, what am I going to do with that? Huh? Well, here it is. Kind of like some of y'all's children was. Just whoops. It may have been a whoops to you, but it wasn't a whoops to God. Huh? God said, no, 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 no. I had so many thoughts of you. And if you were to count them, it was as the sands of the sea. And while I was thinking about my purpose for you, I was forming you in your mother's womb. Is anybody getting this? Amen. I was forming, I was, I, my hands was working in harmony with my thoughts. And my thoughts were marvelous. He said, so when you come here, you, you didn't come here with any defects. My God, my God. Why? Because you were too well thought out. There was intentionality that went into your creation. There was purpose and plan. And you and I, we create things and it gets better as it goes because it only gets better with information received. Amen. Anybody remember your first mobile phone? Carried it on your shoulder in a bag. Not in your purse, in a phone bag. You remember mine, Josh? I was a logger, you know, an upcoming successful logger. You know, we made it in the logger magazine as loggers of the year. Well, I couldn't be logger of the year and not have a mobile phone. I went and got me one. Strap it on my shoulder. You reach in and grab it and it's got the card on it. Hello? Huh? Amen. Now look. Huh? Amen. Because it was created according to the information we had. Amen. And we perfect it as we go. But when God creates, he has infinite knowledge and wisdom, and he never has to go back and he never has to redo anything. So I suggest when you came here, you came here fabricated to perfection. I can prove that if I just had time and I'm gonna take time, amen. That when God created man, the Bible says he created them male and female. So when he created man the first time, he drug dirt together. But when he got ready to expand his invention, he reached into what he already created and just pulled it out of it. Cause when God does something, it's perfect. My God. Just. Do one of them. I'd corner your mouth to your neighbor and tell him, he's talking about me. 
Do it. Tell her. There you go, sister. You got it. She, she got it. That was perfect, boy. She's talking about me. I was fearfully and wonderfully made. I feel this thing bouncing back to me. Amen. Because you have been cut down. You cut yourself down all the time. Amen. You let circumstances. Amen. But the Bible says you are fearfully. He was thinking and he was working and he was cracked. <coughs> You were so well thought out by God and skillfully created by God that nothing was left out. Yeah, you know why I need to say that? Because a lot of you think you don't measure up. And I'm giving you what the truth says. You should know the truth. And the truth, it wasn't left out. Pastor, you just don't know. You just don't know me. Huh? Huh? You just don't know me. I know your creator. I don't need to know you. I know your creator. Amen. See, that's what's the problem. You know you too well. And people, oh my Jesus. And people know you too well. And they're judging you on performance instead of potential. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. So you were so thought out by God that when you came into this world, everything you needed to fulfill his divine purpose was in you. It was in you. It's already in there. It's in there. Which means, this stuff I had to, it, it, I've been chewing on this all week. I hope you can catch it quickly. Which means, if that's true, if he was thinking and working, if you believe the Bible, that God was forming me and fashioning me in perfection with rare thoughts, of multitudes of thoughts, that his, his thoughts went from the beginning of the foundation of the world to the day they lay you in your grave. It was all written, planned out by God, amen, and he was depositing the things that was in you that needs to fulfill. It would be foolish for someone to create a guitar and forget the strings. Man, didn't think about strings. <laughs> well, I guess I'll use it for a hammer. Huh? Are y'all listening to me? Amen. In spite of all your deficiencies you feel like you got, amen. Some of, some of you even said it. Well, God forgot. I always say that about me. I always say that when I go, uh, uh, see other preachers who sing and they're just outgoing, got a good personality and all that, I thought, God picked me too early. I wasn't ripe yet. I can't sing. I can't clap. I can't. Somebody say, stay in your lane, Pastor. Stay in your lane. At least I'm good looking. That was not a good place to laugh. So if what I'm teaching you is the truth, then that means there is a divine, the fact that he was thinking and working, fabricating, weaving you together according to his will. Amen. Then that means that everything you need to fulfill his purpose is woven in the fiber of your being. Everything. Everything you need to fulfill your calling. Amen. It didn't just come when you got saved. Mm, can you receive that? Uh-uh. It didn't come when you got saved. It came when God created man in his image and in his likeness. It was there before you got saved. Oh, can anybody receive that? Your destiny was in you before you got saved. Matter, 
oh, oh, just, just go with me. So if that's true, then there is a divine, finna discover your purpose. There is a divine inclination in the very fabric of your being to gravitate or to be drawn in a certain direction. Now I need you to start thinking. I need you to start thinking. I need you to start listening. What is it? What is it? What am I inclined to gravitate to? What, 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 what? Some of you are going to have to work, work right now because that voice you ain't heard in years. You shut that voice up long time ago. People around you crushed that voice. But there is a natural and, and I wrestle with using that word because I know everything's supernatural. But if you were created according to what this Bible's teaching us, there is a natural gravitational pull in a certain direction in Christ. I ain't talking about the gravitational pull of this world, but, but in Christ. It's like an inner voice. It's a calling. Somebody shout calling. It's an inner voice nobody else can hear. It's the calling. Somebody shout calling. Drawing you. No man can come to uh, God except some, let's God draw. It's a drawing in a certain direction. My text. We know all things work together for them who love God and are called, invited, drawn according to the purpose. Remember? Call means to invite, to request the presence or participation of. It's It's an inner voice that only you can hear. You can't expect nobody else to hear it. Amen. I remember when I thought I, uh, God was calling me to preach, I went to my pastor and asked him, do you think God's calling me to preach? I don't know, he said. Oh, wide-headed man full of wisdom. Actually, he didn't say, I don't know. He said, that's not the question. The question is, do you feel like God's calling you to preach? Do you feel that inner draw? See, people who's trying to be prophetic and super spiritual run up and tell people about a draw that they have down inside of him that God may have not put in them and they're pursuing drawings that came from a prophetic voice that you should have been going in that direction. Boy, this is his real this morning, ain't it? Huh? Yeah. I'm telling you, I've had all kinds. Of, I got so many prophetic words over me. Amen. I got to where we'd go somewhere. I'd run from the prophet. I don't need another one. <laughs> I got enough unrealistic expectations in my life already. Uh, Am I trying to, amen, let's don't destroy the prophetic office because when it hears from God, here's how you'll know. When it speaks to you, it's going to make your baby leap in your womb. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. How did you know that? I didn't know. I ain't never told nobody that. It's an inner voice. It's a calling. It's an invitation. It's a calling. And the calling can always be identified by desire. The calling can always be identified by desire. Purpose can be identified by the inner voice, the calling, because the inner voice always matches the purpose. You'll know if it's not a true prophetic word for you when it does not match. It does not match your inner calling. You know what I do? Thank you, sir. Pray about that one. Huh? I don't want to be rude. See, you're a false prophet. You missed it. 
no, just, just pray about that one. You can always identify the purpose because it will be in harmony with desire. Okay? Now, come on. Now, you can't leave it at that. I got to take it different. Will you stay with me? It's still early. And applies that side that it's raining. It's your invitation. It's the calling of God in your life. It's an inner voice that only you can hear and nobody else can. Amen. Does God give that to prophets sometimes? Yes, sir. But the majority of the time, that word coming from the prophet is confirming a thing, not establishing a thing. If the prophet is establishing, your calling is built upon what my man said. Are y'all getting all this stuff? It only confirms. It only confirms what's down inside of me. It's the calling. It's the purpose. But, but. Okay, having said all that, here's the problem. This is going to be very valuable to you. Here's the problem. The desire, the calling, the inner draw, the pull that you feel is always totally contrary to your ability. Dad, if I could have just left that out. I just answered that question, didn't I? Huh? Here's the problem. Here's the problem. That's why the Bible says, many are called, but... Many are invited, but few accept the invitation. Many have a little voice. Look over to your neighbor right now and just look, just look at him real funny and say, it's in you, ain't it? Do it. It's in you, ain't it? You won't talk about it, but it's in there. You are bashed. You're ashamed to talk about it, but it's in there. It's in there. It is so far beyond you, you're embarrassed to say it because it's going to make you look silly. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't say that. I can't. stop me. Uh, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. That's what pride does. That's false humility. Stop it. Here's the problem. That voice, that draw, that pull to step into your purpose and do what God called you to do is always, always contrary to my ability, my means, and just common logic. I don't even make sense. I don't even make common sense. Me being used by God on that level, amen. My, my criminal record is longer than my resume. And you want to talk to me like that? Huh? Huh? Who am I preaching to right now? Amen. My God, are you listening to me? I've got more time served in a cell than I do in a church pew. Uh, amen. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And all the while, while you're trying to tear down, there's something down inside of you that is pulling you to a level of greatness. Hey, many are called, but few are chosen. Your calling, your, <coughs> your created purpose never matches your capabilities. Here's the problem. Well, I got an invitation, but I can't go to that. Woo, that was good right there. I can't show up there with all them anointed people. I'm not qualified for that. I, why'd I get an invitation? My God. 
God, I'm preaching 100 miles an hour right now. Some of you <laughs> filed that one. <laughs> they sent that into the wrong person. My God, I'm preaching this morning. Are y'all getting this? Amen. This is the problem. And that's why it says many are called, but few are chosen, because very few will accept the invitation to step into an area you're uncomfortable with, even though there's an inner desire pulling you. Matter of fact, we're, we're, God Almighty, this is just too much. Just tear your belly up this morning. So as a result, the invitation either becomes intimidating or confusing. I hear it. I feel it, but either I'm intimidated with it or I'm just flat confused because this don't make a look of it. <laughs> oh, God, he's preaching this morning. I had a man tell me one time when I was speaking into him, you don't know me, dude. I do this, this, and this, and this. In other words, my performance kicks me out of my potential. I ain't looking at your performance. God don't look at your performance. He knows what he put in you. He knows what put in you. And it's that little inner voice that's way down deep inside of you. Amen. Uh, so, so some of us, we're, we're not accepting the invitation because the invitation, the desire never matches our capabilities. It never matches our, our, our logic. And, and, and it never matches our opportunities. Amen. Well, I, I would do great things for God if I had a better education or if I, if I uh, is anybody with me? If I, if I was, you know, uh, all these ills. If I had better social standing, I could see myself doing that. So the purpose will always be contrary. We're going to leave when it quits raining, okay? Send the rain, Lord. So the invitation can be intimidating or confusing, especially when you measure the purpose by the measure of your ability. I'm going to say that again. It's always confusing when you measure your desire with the measuring stick of your ability. Then confusion sets in. I don't even understand my own self. I don't understand. I want to do right, but I can't do right. I want to do great things for God, and I'm doing bad things for God. I want to excel and I want to exceed and I'm a total failure. I fail at everything I do. But it's amazing when I fall to my lowest, there's still that little inner voice on the end. Hey, God, that's somebody's word this morning. They steal that desire in me when I'm wallowing in the mud with the hogs. There's a desire in me to be like a sheep. Amen. And that's why the world, amen, can wallow in the mud and be happy with it. And you're wallowing around. So, oh my God, this stuff is nasty. This stuff is just, just hey amen. And you're trying to get drunk with the best of them, amen. You're just trying to pour one on, amen. They out there dancing and jigging on the dance floor and you're over there saying, my God, this is just so nasty. Huh? Amen, that's why backsliders are the most rude, crude, loud, and boisterous because they're just trying to cuss loud enough to shut up that inner voice on the inside that says you're bigger than this, you're better than this. This is not what you were created to do. It's the loudest, silent voice you're ever going to hear in all your life. 
That's when it brings confusion, when you start measuring desire with a measuring stick of your abilities and opportunities and situations and circumstances, amen, and you start stepping back saying, that's crazy, that's crazy, that don't even make sense. And for some of you, you're hanging around people, amen, that don't understand your purpose, and when you start trying to move for God, they come back with this negative stuff, amen, and they're, they're, they're embarrassed for you. Oh, my God. You know what it is? It's pride on their part because they scared you're going to embarrass them because they don't see the purpose inside of you. Amen. That's why he's been preaching. We ought to be provoking one another to good work instead of saying, you can't do that. You can't preach that. You can't sing that. You can't say that. You can't be that. We ought to be saying, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Get out there in your bad self. Get out there with your bad self. You got bad company. They're destroying your purpose. Amen. They're, they're, they're so wrapped up with the potential. And usually people who destroy purpose are people who has destroyed the purpose in their own lives. Amen. Amen. So I don't mind being a failure if I can get around failures. You a failure? That backfired. You a failure, I'm a failure, we're all a failure. I don't mind being in poverty if I live around people in poverty. Amen. As long as everybody else is in the same boat I'm in, it don't bother me one bit. It kind of soothes that loud voice. Amen. That's why you need to come out of that mindset and start hanging around people who challenges you and pull. My God, this is too much this morning. Amen. A brother's happy for you as long as you're stumbling, but start succeeding. Who's he think he is? Oh, suchy much. Ain't nothing but no suchy much. Send the rain, Lord. It's crazy. That's crazy. That's, that's crazy. I, I, I feel the desire. Hey, man, and it's so embarrassing, I won't even share it with people. I'm not going to say that. They're going to think I'm an idiot. That's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. That voice of greatness is pulling on you on the inside and you won't even share it with people because you consider it foolish and you think everybody around you is going to think it's foolish. Amen? I'm going to make this statement again. Most of the time, we think we're struggling to find our purpose and we're really struggling to embrace our purpose. Stop and think. You're so busy trying to find something that's screaming in you all the time. But you have rejected it so long that your ears have become dull to that voice because it's so bogged down with all these other voices that are coming into your life right now. Can somebody say, I relate. Oh no, Lord, we need our lights. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I hear the call, I hear the invitation, I feel the pull, I have the desire, amen. It's not the lack of desire in me, amen. It's just that, it's just that uh, uh, my inabilities are contradicting my inner desires. So I'm confused. I'm just confused. I'm just confused. Mary said, I want to have a baby. I want to be productive. I want to be successful. I want to excel. I have the desire, amen, and all the created faculties to do it. But my failure 
is contradicting my desire. It's contradicting my desire. So when God spoke, come on, God, I feel the anointing coming back. It's coming back. So, so when God speaks with this little inner desire in me, I like Sarah, I laugh. It wasn't a laugh of joy. It was a laugh of frustration. It was a prosper, uh, 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 um, 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 uh, what's that word I used a while ago? A preposterous laugh. She wasn't tickled. She wasn't tickled. You don't get tickled about this stuff. When you want to be something, you feel like you cannot be. Who am I talking to? It ain't funny. It's a burden. It's confusing. And the Bible says she laughed. In other words, yeah, right. Yeah, right. She just laughed. Who am I preaching to? Who am I preaching to? Come on, I just dare you be honest. Who am I preaching to in this place this morning? You hear the call, you feel the pull, you got the desire, amen, of your created purpose, but your own abilities and your past failures are snuffing out that voice inside of you and you're plumb embarrassed to share. You're plumb embarrassed to share. Can I remind you of my text? Oh my God, we got to finish this sermon if it there lives the devil. Give me my, give me, give me uh, Romans 8.30. I need to remind you, you people that just raised your hand and all you that lied and didn't raise a hand, I, I need to remind you. Moreover, whom he predestined, he called. And whom he called, he justified. Whom he justified, he... Next scripture, he says, what shall we say to these things? If God be for me, who can be against me? So first you said, I'm not worthy. God said, I'll justify you. And then you said, I'm not able. He said, I'll glorify you. <laughs> oh my God, amen. He who invited, he made right with him. He washed you, he cleansed you. And then he put glory in you to do what he called you to do. Now, instead of saying, I can't do it, who am I? All I can say to this is, if God be for me, Well, this changes everything. This changes everything. Who can be this? Esther said, I can't do it. Esther said, I can't do it. Mordecai said, are you kidding me? It was for this purpose you're even in the palace. Amen. Oh, who is that far in this place right now? It's for that. Amen. That thing you're saying you can't do. Are you kidding me? That's why you're sitting on a pew in life church. That's why you're here. It's the reason. Not only is it. That's why you're here. My God, you wasn't here to put a little money in a pot. You're not just here to sit on a pew. God brought you in this kingdom because the purpose. He, <laughs> he had a plan for Esther when she was feeding chickens with chicken poop between her toes. Just an orphan. He sucked her up and put her, he, you think he gave you that big old crown to make you look good? You think he gave you that crown of authority for you to just wear it around? Oh my God. You think he gave you that robe of righteousness? Amen. Just for you to flaunt it around? Ah, he equipped you for a purpose. My God, my God, I got to get to the end of this message. Oh my, oh my. It's, it's what God created you to do. It's in the very fiber of your being. Look at your neighbor and tell him right now you're a masterpiece. You're a creation of wonder. Tell your other neighbor on the other side, you are a phenomenon. You are a phenomenon. When God created you, the angel said, oh my God, what is it? 
Jesus was so phenomenal that the angel said, you're gonna give birth to a holy thing. I can't even explain it. I can't even identify it. This thing is phenomenal. That's who you are. That's what you are. That's, your, that's who you're created. Amen. Paul was so overwhelmed with this concept. He said, what do I even say about this type of sermon? Well, all I can say, if God be for me, who can be against me? Repeat this after me. Many are called, but few are chosen. Multitudes never embrace the invitation of God. Multitudes never step into their God-given purpose because they never step off the bank of their own inabilities. And as a result, we are frustrated. Write this down. Desire without an avenue of expression produces frustration. Desire without an avenue of expression produces frustration. That's why the world is frustrated. That's why the lost are frustrated. That's why they turn to drugs and alcohol and a, a, a immoral relationships. There is an inner desire, but without a healthy avenue of expression, I get frustrated. And the majority of the church is frustrated. Praying every day, frustrated. Reading my Bible every day, frustrated. Oh, I'm just going to be real this morning, amen. I'm part of the choir, frustrated, amen. Part of the praise team, frustrated. Part of the pastoral staff, frustrated. Just part of life church and frustrated, amen. Because you wasn't called, amen, just, just cohabitate. You were called to participate. And fulfillment only comes from you fulfilling your purpose. Frustrated. Frustrated. We're kind of like Peter, James, and John. They had fished all night and caught no fishes. King James Version. Fished all night, caught no fishes, and they were sitting on the bank with their boat pulled up on the bank, washing nets. Listen to Jesus preach. You know what it means when you wash nets? It means the hunt's over. They wasn't just washing nets. They was washing nets frustrated, sitting in the boat. And remember, Jesus walked by and said, dude, can I borrow your boat? They weren't followers of Jesus at this point. Jesus climbed in the boat. He's preaching. They're sitting behind him watching him preach, washing nets. What they were uh, 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 anointed to do, washing nets. Those nets were designed with purpose, but they was washing purpose. Just washing purpose, listening to Jesus preach. We got multitudes sitting in this view, comes every Sunday, washes nets. Listen to the preacher preach. Just watching this. Holding all the potential in the world to be successful, but I'm frustrated because I fished all night and failed. So I'm just going to wash my nets. Just going to wash my nets and I'm going to hear Pastor Love preach. This is, is this going to go down as the longest sermon in history or what? Watching this. And all of a sudden, Jesus turned around and said, launch out in the deep. Launch out in the deep. And Peter said, I would, but we done fished all night and it ain't worked for me, so I'm frustrated. Amen. But the word launch out actually means to push off. Amen. Some of us have been on bank so long that our boat of purpose has 
It's buried in the sand and all of Jesus' preaching can't get you off the bank until he turns around and says, push, push. Somebody push your neighbor right now and tell him, push off, push off, push off, amen. You're never gonna find purpose stuck on the bank of your inability. You gotta push off into the deep. Some of you never find your purpose because you don't launch out into the deep. It ain't that you don't know. He had a net, had a boat. Oh, he knew what the purpose was. I'm just frustrated with this purpose. My God, are y'all listening to me? Just frustrated with purpose. I've tried and tried. I want to tell you something, and it's important that I get this. I know it's long today, but that's all right. Amen. Uh, Sometimes purpose is only found when you become proactive. In other words, some of you are saying, well, I just don't really know. I just don't really know. Can I help somebody? You've never found your purpose because you don't do nothing. Sometimes purpose is found being proactive. And then when you shove off the bank and start doing something, you say, oh, my God, I didn't know I could do this. Oh, who am I talking to? Oh, my God, I didn't know I could do this. I didn't know I had a passion for this. But when I started doing something, uh, all of a sudden I got passionate about something. People sitting in pew, I don't know, I don't know what my purpose is. Yeah, I, I, Jesus said, launch out into the deep. Come on, come on out here. Come on out here, launch out into the deep. Which direction? I don't know, he didn't say which direction. He says, get out there in deep water. Some of you are so shallow, you never find your purpose. <laughs> never find your purpose. So you just mill around doing all, all kinds of things. Jesus said, launch out into the deep. Push off, push off, push off. Push off, push off. You know what I mean? That's going to take some force to get you out of your stuck state you're in. You're going to have to push, 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 push off the, the, the bank of inability and get out there and start floating in the... You know, you know and I'll, I'll try to close with this because it's still relatively early, really. Moses found his purpose in his pursuit for God. Look at this, and I'm done. Moses found his purpose in his pursuit for God. Remember, he was on the backside of a desert tending sheep, and God set a bush on fire. God's trying to get your attention. The bush was an invitation that he would have missed if he hadn't have pursued it. Because your Bible says, Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great matter. I will now turn aside. And your Bible says, when God saw that Moses turned aside, he began to reveal purpose. He began to, maybe that's why you can't find purpose. You're too busy tending them stinking sheep. And you will not turn aside long enough to where God can reveal your purpose to you. But to prove to you in closing, that whatever you're called to do, it was in you before the foundations of the world. It was in you before you got saved. I can prove it. Because now God is telling Moses, I need you to go deliver my people out of Egypt. Moses done tried that. I ain't going up there. Moses had an inner desire before he met God that had him trying to do what God really called him to do.
And not only there, but the Bible says he fled because he killed that Egyptian. He fled to the wilderness and he went to the backside of the desert and there were seven ladies there that had filled up their water troughs with water and a bunch of knock, knuckleheads had ran the ladies off. Moses came up in there and ran all them guys off and let them women drink. He was already delivering people and he was lost. Or trying to deliver people. I'm so amazed, especially I've worked with drug rehab a lot through my life with the men back in Texas and, and the women I've interviewed here that I've hardly ever sat down with one that were so addicted with scabs on their face and teeth rotted out that didn't tell me, I just want to help people. And matter of fact, in that condition, Jennifer, you can probably back this up, in that condition, trying to help people. Why? Because it was in you all the time. It was in you all the time. Some of you are being real successful and making a lot of money simply because it was your destiny to succeed. You're just pouring it all in the wrong direction, maybe. It's in you. It's in you. It's in you. So, so, so what is it in you? What is it? What, what is that little desire? What is that little voice? Some of you, I've seen you come in here and automatically knew exactly the direction what God wanted you to go in ministry and powerful in it, pass it for it, reading books on it, pass that direction, amen, only for the enemy to come in and crash all that down and say, my God, what was I thinking? I'm not qualified for that. I'm not qualified for that. God put it in you. Right now, just a few moments. Let's stand, but don't leave. Don't move. Let's stand just so you'll know I'm quitting. Because today, the Lord wants you to discover your purpose. This may be the last series, last sermon in this series of getting in your lane, finding your race, your calling, your anointing. I need you to drive out every other voice and everybody that's around you and just open your ear to the Holy Spirit right now. And I don't care if you don't speak a word, but let it come out of your heart. Is my created purpose. What is fabricated within the very fiber of my being to be and to do? Can I help somebody right now? Just because you're talented to do something don't mean you're called to do it. You could probably use your talent to enhance the calling. But sometimes it's not the calling. Sometimes you can operate in your talent when really there's a deeper inner pull in you to do something so much greater, something so much spiritual. I've got to take this few moments. Please stay with me. This has been a peculiar service. I've got to take a few minutes. Real quiet, real soft. Turn that guitar down a little bit, brother, please. Because I want you to hear nothing but what God called me to do. What's that inner desire? Somebody may say, you know what? I forgot about that. I just plumb forgot. When I first got saved, I had such a passion in that direction. But failure has got me sitting on the bank, washing my net. Washing my net. I'm just coming to church, hearing the preacher preach. 
Can I tell you, you love life. I know you love life church and I know you love me as your pastor and you love your leaders here and you love the worship here. But if you don't find your purpose, it's going to get old. It's going to, if you don't find what you were created to do, it'll get old and you'll get bored and you'll start going through cycles. And your life will be cyclical, up and down, in and out. But when we step into what God called us to do, now I want to encourage you right there where you're standing. I I don't really care if you make a move today and come this altar or not, but I want to encourage you, push off the bank. Go back out into deep water. Push off the bank of, of, of your own security. Push off the bank of your own inability right now. Right now, you gotta start pushing off, back off out into the deep. Into the deep. You gotta start doing something. Do something, do something, do something. Maybe you just come here and don't do nothing. Amen? Sometimes we gotta get proactive to find our passions. Just getting involved, just getting involved. I'm just provoking you to love and good works this morning. Love and good works. And in the working, I start finding my niche of what I'm going to be judged for. Now, having said that, I believe that someone just had a thought of what my inner desire is. And it scares me to death because when I measure my ability up against my desire, it don't match. My text said, if he called you, he justified you. And if he justified you, he glorified you. You got to push off that bank. You got to push off that bank. My God, I just feel the Holy Spirit. Push off that bank. Amen. Push off that bank. You've probably already been operating in what God called you to do at some level. At some level. I, I, I hope this is applicable. But I sat on my back porch last night with my son-in-law and my daughter and uh, uh, Whitney and that tall guy over there. What's his name? And Jordan began to talk. We're talking about the baby. We talked so much about the baby. And he said, you know, he said, I'm, I'm trying to keep the baby up at night. <laughs> what, 25 weeks old in the womb? And I'm trying to keep him up at night so, you know, he'll know when we're up. I meant during the day and at night so he'll sleep at night. And I said, oh, my God, that's a coach for you. He's trying to condition the child in the womb. He's already trying to train him to have certain behaviors before he's ever born. Oh my God, Jordan, that must be, that must be part of your calling. Because I believe you're called to coach, but maybe it's that spiritual calling to condition and to train people, amen, to produce certain behaviors. There's a lot of you that's already operating in areas and you don't even realize it. Moses didn't realize it when he went out there. People try to spiritualize that and say Moses. Moses didn't know. He was such Egyptian that when he left Egypt and went out there and saved them seven women, they went and told their daddy an Egyptian saved us. Why? Because he talked like an Egyptian, he looked like Egyptian, and he acted Egyptian. But even when he was Egyptian, he was trying to help somebody. Because it's in you. Some of you have done the same thing because it's in you. I've talked to people who've backslidden, get out there in a backslidden condition, telling people about Jesus. It's just in you. It's just in you. Right now, just a few more seconds before we change this service. 
God's calling you into your purpose. Now's your time. Last week I preached to you. You know what time it is. Now's your time to start pursuing your purpose. Whatever that small, still desire is in you, you got to pursue it. You got to begin to push it. You got to begin to push it. Push, push, push off the bank. You've heard enough preaching to save the world. Push off the bank. Start doing what God called you to do. That's why you're here this morning. Amen. I'm going to pray over this congregation instead of giving an altar call. Amen. If you want to join me in this prayer, just stretch your hands up towards heaven. And I'm going to pray over you for that small, still voice to become loud again. And every other deceiving voice to begin to lose its influence in your life. Father, in the name of Jesus. God, you have ordained this service today. You have ordained the word today. You have ordained everyone that is here today, oh Lord God, for us to begin to discover our purpose. Now, Lord, I rebuke every other lying voice penetrating the hearts and the minds and the spirits, oh Lord God, and let that small, still voice become a screaming voice again. And then give us the courage to launch out into the deep until we begin to embrace what you called us to do. In Jesus' name, somebody shout amen. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.